everybody, before we get started, really excited to announce that Beth will have a table at this year's San Diego Comic-Con. That's right, from November 26th to November 28th, she'll be at booth GG52 at the San Diego Comic-Con. So excited for her to have a table there, and really excited for any of you who are attending the con to be able to purchase her art at San Diego Comic-Con. It's incredible. We're so happy for her. So go check out Beth's table, GG52, if you are attending the con, if you're in the San Diego area. I've seen a couple preview items and they are very, very fun. So again, booth GG52, San Diego Comic-Con, November 26th to 28th. And now, the show. Previously on D&D&D. This is the Feywild, correct? So you know where you are. Do you know how, how did you get here? And he looks at you in Navia and he looks you over and he sees what you're wearing and what you're dressed as. He sees the insignia on your armor and stuff. He says, I... I think maybe you should come inside. I was expecting some guests, but they haven't arrived, and it's curious that you've turned up. What brought you here? Are you here in, in an official capacity? And he looks at you two, Navia and Katheria. Oh, no. No, nothing official. Do you have the materials to get back? Do you have... No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really get that far. They don't share that knowledge with us. Perhaps that's the knowledge and wisdom that you can bequeath to us. Plintherin kind of like looks at you and smiles a little bit. It's like, well, I would love to, as a matter of fact. I think that that's something that we could we could both benefit from. I, uh, and I would be totally willing to do that if I could enlist your help perhaps in figuring out what happened to my dinner guests. Welcome to D&D and D, the Dinner Party Role-Playing Podcast. I'm your host and Dungeon Master James Gressel. With me today are fun people, Beth and Mike. Say hi, fun people. Hi! hi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are fun people. Yeah. Uh, we are continuing our prequel miniseries uh, as we uh, make our way through this fall and winter season. Busy, busy time. Um, and we are going to get into the next section of it. Uh, this prequel miniseries inspired by shared foods, shared meals, of which we had one. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. you guys. This meal was so good that we didn't record that day. Yeah, we sat down and we started eating and then we are like, hmm. And then Gross was like, you guys want wine? <laughs> that would yeah. make this better, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, we didn't record. It was the second bottle, I think, that was like, oh, we're not recording today. No, we're just it having a nice time. It was the first bottle. Are you kidding? You brought it out and you said it down. You said, we're not recording. We're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. It was a charcuterie board. But yes. it was the most beautiful charcuterie. If you had a dream and it was, you were at like a castle and the all the people who attend the castle created a charcuterie board for you, the guest of the queen, to come <laughs> and enjoy. That's what this was. Fresh it was bread. outrageous. Amazing Freshly cheese. baked bread. Mm -hmm. Yep. Three different types of cheese. We had blood oranges, grapes. Blanched um, almonds. Mm-hmm. What are those little, my, my favorite little pickle friends? Cornichons. Cornichons. Listen to that. Cornichons. <laughs> and then you made a special... The chicken liver mousse. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, which I was really excited to, to make. Uh, it was so fun to cook. That will be... I, I sent you the recipe for the recipe cards. Uh, that will be the recipe card available to patrons soon. Awesome. Uh, it was so much fun to cook. It was like a really, really enjoyable cooking process. But yeah, this was... I mean, I want to do a char uh, charcuterie board, a, a, a cheese board like that. Uh, it was inspired by uh, a meal that my wife and I had in northern Michigan, Traverse City, at a restaurant called Stella that we shared early in our relationship. It was a really fun thing to have uh, when I didn't have a lot of money and couldn't afford most things at the restaurant, but we could get the board and it came and it was this huge board with a ton of food and it was such a great thing that we could both share and, and really, you know, have a nice, satisfying, elegant meal w with what was essentially a, a the pieces of, of a sandwich <laughs> 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 all spread out. 
but it becomes this really wonderful experience where you're all reaching in at the to the same board and and sharing and, and sharing telling everybody like this, this combination is so good mm-hmm. you should try this bing mm-hmm. bang boom oh man give me cheese every day <laughs> it, great. it was a yeah a fun it's a fun eating experience yeah. it was a really like that's uh you know that's a big part of what i'm thinking about with this one is is these fun eating uh experiences and and you know when you're all around the same dish or set of dishes and, and picking at all the different stuff you remember when you were a kid and it was the night after you've done Halloween trick-or-treating and it, you and your friends all get into the basement and you pour your candy out mm-hmm. in the, on the basement <laughs> floor yep. and everybody's like trading and mixing and tasting and talking and sharing stories from what best house they went to. Ah, that's what it's like, but like with meat. <laughs> with meat and Truly. cheese and fruit and stuff. We poured it all on the floor. <laughs> picked at it traded <laughs> there are those weird like viral videos of like the countertop stuff like countertop pastas and shit where like people are dumping stuff all over the counter and <laughs> mixing it all up and everything and it's not that dissimilar <laughs> from dumping it on the floor right. those don't look beautiful for the instagram pictures but the experience of eating pasta with your hands and your whole family i would go for sure yeah yeah so weird and it would that's be what messy. makes it memorable yeah. but it would be fun you could do that, like, Lady in the Tramp pasta thing with your lover. Mm, you could do that without <laughs> making a mess <laughs> and from a bowl. Oh, and a Mike fork. hates it. <laughs> yes. You put tinfoil down on the table before you do it. It'll be all right. Oh, so all, yeah, no, let's continue. Let's continue <laughs> on with this podcast here. That was what we had uh, last time. Um, so that was kind of, you know, when I was thinking about, like, what would Plintherin serve to everybody? Uh, when he brings them into uh, his his manor house, that seemed right for him. You know, that seemed like the kind of thing that he would have his staff kind of just be like, oh, put out some meat and cheese and bread and give these Blandlanders a taste of, of the good life. The Bland... I forgot about Blandlanders. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Poor us. Yeah. It's, uh... Zabbos is going to be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that would be Chelsea's thing for the rest of the episode. <laughs> Just latch onto that. Latch onto that and be pissed off Can't about it. Can't get over it. Can't yeah. pay attention to anything else <laughs> going on in the plot. Just upset that um, the cape wasn't enough to change the perceptions of the world. Yeah. <laughs> no, my hair is blue. I am not blue. <laughs> I am not. But yeah, so last we left you guys off uh, in the tale of Katheria and Nils. Uh, Katheria, Navia, Nils, and Majumbo were transported into the Feywild where they came across a um, mysterious magical carriage ride that drew them to this beautiful manor house where there were fireworks and this big show and everything. Turns out, not meant for them. Mm. Who'd have thought? Yeah. <laughs> Shucks. Nils? <laughs> yeah. Nils and Majumbo very excited about everything. And then, nope, not for them. Yeah. But the uh, the wizard Plintherin did say that if you adventurers were to aid him in the discovery of what happened to his original dinner guests, he might uh, f- help you find a way home to your bland land. We're going to pick up a little bit after you guys had that conversation. In fact, you are now walking through the Feywild uh, some distance from Plintherin's cottage his manor house the cottage is, a, is would definitely be a misnomer it's a very <laughs> very nice place <laughs> and having having taken up the quest eagerly in some cases and with hesitancy in others mm-hmm. you have set out to discover uh what what happened to those those folks and as you're walking you're looking around each of you and you're seeing the Feywild in its kind of natural state, you know, now that you've kind of adjusted to the fact that this is the place that you are, you know, you can take in more of the scenery. The road is, you know, as kind of any other road in your world, but you can't help but pay attention to some of the animals that are moving through these really incredible trees, some of which are giant absolutely absolutely massive skyscraper size there's these these just like 
every so often these just huge, huge trees that dot the landscape and kind of tower above the rest. But underneath that, there's this separate layer of ecosystem that is more normal size. Um, and moving through this, this canopy, this smaller, more recognizable uh, canopy of trees, uh, you see different kinds of creatures, um, strange you know, like six-armed monkey-like creatures swinging around. Uh, their colors matching the foliage that they're blending into of these like w- these weird fluorescent uh, warm tones set against the cool tones of the sky and the yeah, ground. There's camouflaged three... Six-armed. Six-armed monkeys. Yeah. That's so scary, dude. Yeah, but they look really friendly. For yeah. now. Thank goodness. For now. Okay. <laughs> they, do, they don't seem threatening. Um, but also, monkeys are inherently scary. Yeah, uh, because <laughs> they are intelligent and have opposable they thumbs. Have thumbs, dude. And we don't trust anything that has thumbs. No, yeah. <laughs> humans, monkeys, monkeys. They're uh, those birds that like can hold on to things. Cats that have six. Cats that have thumbs. Cats that have. There thumbs. are cats that have thumbs. How have they not taken over the world? Yeah, well, they don't. They're not opposable. Oh, okay. Well, that's all it's going to take. Yeah. yeah, there are all kinds of fun birds that are very tropical, like you know, all kinds of crazy plumage and and weird bills that are you know all different shapes and sizes skittering across the ground. You have different kinds of mammalian creatures moving about. It's not like there are zillions of animals everywhere, you know, but it's very normal forest activity. Both Navia and Majumbo seem very interested in different aspects of this. Navia seems to be jumping into, off the road, off the side of the road, into the the kind of first layer of woods um, every so often to investigate a a particular flower or try to get close to a particular animal, uh, just to try to get a better sense of what this nature is like. Uh, She'll cast, you know, small magics to try to manipulate these different plants and test kind of test her strength a little bit, see if there's uh, any kind of limitation on what she can manipulate in this world. Majumbo, on the other hand, is taking like meticulous notes. He's sketching and drawing, you know, more of a biological survey. Uh, He is inspired in a way by the kinds of things that he's seeing. He will trade his pen and notebook for his flute, you know, when he's so moved to translate what he's seeing into a musical phrase and when he does there's also a little magical effect it seems there's nothing around you that doesn't come with a little charge of magic there's Mm. there's nothing so far mundane uh about this it's not so crazy that like every step has like an aura to it or anything (laughs) but there's a there's an energy that that you both are sensitive to in a way that doesn't exist in, in in your world I think Nils is is filled with a sense of, you know, kind of like wonder and purpose. Like we've got a quest. We're in this cool place. All is kind of right with the world in a way, even though we, you know, we're not in the world. <laughs> it's familiar, but not too familiar. You've got something, you know, a quest, but in this place you don't know. So you're not really feeling any kind of super apprehension. There's a curiosity and a wonder that you're you're excited for. Uh, but Katheria, you're a little bit on edge, mm-hmm. not only because of this strange place and not only because of your familial connection to it, but you're thinking back to uh, before you left the mansion when you were uh, in the basement laboratory having a conversation with Plintherin about this quest. And uh, this is how we're going to do more exposition stuff in this version is we're going to do it in kind of flashbacks instead Ooh. of just picking up exactly where we left off and we n- never move the story forward and it takes us a year to do everything. <laughs> that's oddly specific. I wonder where that's coming from. <laughs> in this new campaign with these new characters, we don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So you're thinking back to the conversation uh, back in, uh, in the basement where Plinth explained to all of you, all four of you, that... He was having these guests over, they didn't arrive, and all these things that he told you. But then, later in the evening, after you guys had eaten and kind of, uh, you know, exchanged some kind of pleasantries and, and more kind of get-to-know-you kind of stuff, 
his tone kind of changed with you and Navia specifically. Mm. Uh, I I would think that maybe at some point Nils and Majumbo were exploring some of the cool shit that he has. You that know, makes sense. Yeah, like <laughs> there's he's got all these different wizard hats. There's all there's kind there's We're just like, trying them off. <laughs> yeah, like exactly, like doing different stuff and kind of like you know trying different little magical properties that they give you because each hat he's got like a row of hats. And they're all wizard hats, and they all have different symbols and stuff on them. Mm-hmm. And each one does like a different thing. Uh, yeah, you guys are probably pl- you know playing around with like you put on one that has like flame symbols on it, and then because Nils isn't super super magical, you do like a little like flame spell or whatever, and like singe Majumbo's beard, and he has to like put it oh, out. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh shit! <laughs> and you guys are like goofing around and everything. But meanwhile, in another part of the basement, Flint's tone changes with Navia and Kytheria. Uh, and he turns to you. He says, it's been some time since members of the Order have been on this side of things. And, you know, it's, it's really good timing that you've come here. And I, I'm very glad to have such illustrious druids as members of the Order of Gala Doi to help me in this, in this issue. You see, it wasn't just a mere dinner party that I was having. I had called a summit of some of this world's most influential uh, organizations, influential uh, um, peoples, to discuss some matters that have been happening in this world. Oh, I think at that, Kat's hackles, like the hair on the back of her neck stands up. Mm-hmm. I sit upon a council of elves ruling over this world as as kind of overseers and and administrators of of all the peoples within it. Uh, We see ourselves uh, at our best as perhaps a first among equals, but there are those in our ranks that definitely see us as superior. Uh, I don't believe that uh, to be the case. I think we're all stronger together, but I have reason to suspect that there may be some some subterfuge happening within the council. Uh, I had called this, this meeting in secret, amongst these other these other uh these other groups these other peoples to discuss some of these a problems. secret meeting with fireworks well yeah i mean i wanted to show everybody a good time i remember i like a party <laughs> just because we're talking you know politics doesn't mean we have to be bored to doing it of course not of course <laughs> but plintherin Perhaps in the future, I would suggest not having beams of light projecting up into the to the clouds, for that's what caused us to come towards your manor. You know, now that you mention that, I could see that as probably a security risk. Mm. But they look so good. It was they it, did. I really liked them. <laughs> <laughs> I put on the hearing hat. I can hear everything. Yeah, it's a wizard hat with big ears on the side of it. <laughs> Those are only a little bit bigger than your real one. Oh, same. He's sensitive about his ears. Come on. <laughs> takes it off. <laughs> Just like slowly. Look at that. I'm sorry. I, I go too far. I... It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know I don't have to tell members of Gala Doy about the. And he gets kind of quiet at this point, and he looks back over, and he makes sure that Nils isn't wearing the ears hat. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, I, don't, I know I don't have to tell members of the Order about the arrangement between our peoples that kind of keeps things going, so to speak. But I've been doing a lot of research into this matter, and it seems that for uh, several generations, you... Man, can, can I roll to, like, keep my breathing steady? Yeah, for sure. Um performance would it be performance or deception maybe you're trying to appear calm i'm trying to appear calm because when he says when he says you i yeah 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 have a reaction let's do deception this will be the eighth role (laughs) (laughs) keeping track overall after after our big session last time plus zero baby let's do it hey 17. Oh, yeah. As far as you can tell, you are able to keep it together. You, but, like... I don't feel okay. I th- Yeah, and I th- and Navia obviously knows what's up, and she knows 
that you know that he's talking about you, but it doesn't seem that he knows. Okay. And and in fact, Navia is going to go because I'm 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 player and DM, which is interesting for this one. Navia is going to roll an insight roll and try to figure out if Clint knows who he's talking to or not. Mm-hmm. Thirteen. As far as she can tell, he doesn't know who he's talking to. And she senses your uncomfortableness. Mm-hmm. She, she can tell, even though you're, you're able to kind of hide it from him, she can tell what's going on. And she knows uh, all the background, of course, too. And she kind of like moves her leg over to touch yours. Just, it's like, just, just, for, just as a comfort, yeah. you know, to be like, I know, like, it, like cool it. It's all right. Mm-hmm. You know, like as a, just as a message in the way that you guys can kind of communicate the way that friends like that can, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's okay. Like, keep calm. Let him, let him talk. See what he says. He continues to say, I know, you know, I know that you know about the, the arrangement between our peoples. For several generations, I've noticed that there have been differences in our world in a way that when I was younger, it wasn't this way. That when we would have the ascensions, there was always periods of, of calm and, uh, and understanding in this world of peace. And things have been a little bit more uh, active, I suppose. It's, it's something that if, if you weren't paying attention, you wouldn't really know. But part of my job is paying attention. And I've been looking into this, this matter and this arrangement that we have. And every time he says arrangement, he kind of like puts a little lilt on it. Like he, like, it's a, it's clearly a euphemism. Yeah. Things may not be what they seem. And you have no idea what he means by that. Yeah. And he goes on to say, I had, I had gathered, uh, members outside the council to discuss this because I, I, I worry that I can't trust the council right Cat's brain is racing. <laughs> She's trying to figure out how old is Plintherin because he's talking about these generations, uh, the, the changes and effects in generations. She's trying to think about her own personal history and how far back she knows. Um, she's like angry and resentful that, that she's hearing about this, this time of peace and knowing that it has to do with this like Comes misery. Yeah. A, a personal cost. Yeah. Um, and she's confused because why would something be changing? Like what's happening that like it's confusing and also causes her to be angry. There's just a maelstrom of thoughts in her head right now. And she doesn't know if she wants to ask, but she doesn't want to ask. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she will mm-hmm. because like she, this, she doesn't want this. Right. She still wants to kind of stay anonymous. Yeah. Yeah. So far, so far you do. I mean, there's nothing in, there's nothing in his behavior that indicates that he knows who you are. He doesn't mention your family name. Mm-mm. He doesn't mention any any specifics about what it is. He always uses that euphemism of an arrangement. And that's throwing her off, too. Yeah. Because wh- oh, an arrangement, what would change in the arrangement? Why use such a lithe term for something that's so devastating? Mm-hmm. So that's what you're thinking about as you guys are walking through the woods now, is this conversation. Like, that's still sitting with Katheria of, like, he thinks that we're just... Like, we're just druids of this order that is supposed to be involved with this arrangement somehow on the known world side of things. And that's upsetting. Yeah. Because she doesn't, her experience in the order has not led her to be associated with the arrangement at all. Yeah, it's never been brought up. She was supposed to be away from, like, she was escaping this Mm -hmm. and hasn't been able to escape it even ever. Yeah. So, so now, now that you're 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 not there anymore, you've left. You're you're some distance now at this point. Let's let's say that you've traveled. You know, you got there at night. You would have stayed the night and rested, and you know, like geared up and everything for like adventure. I feel like you know, like n- n- that next morning when you guys set out, like Nils is like armor polished, hammer in hand, yeah. like ready to go, <laughs> like. Katheria like didn't sleep. Yeah. <laughs> under her eyes, irritable. Wait, so do I gain my two hit points back that I lost? Yes, you okay. do. <laughs> yeah, like Nils and Majumbo are like bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, like up with up with the sun, like ready to go, kind of thing. <laughs> Had a big breakfast prepared by uh, Plintherman staff, and mm. you know uh, the eggs are blue and like stuff's all <laughs> <Yeah>. weird. <laughs> blue food. 
that allowed. Ish. Yeah, blue food is strange. Ah, but Nils doesn't care. He's an adventure. <laughs> yeah, Martin. right. He's willing to take that. He ate like five blue eggs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you've left, you know, and it's it's now, you know, like late afternoon. So you've traveled for for a, a bit in the direction that Plintherin told you. Uh, he some of his guests were coming from, and he has said he he said uh, he told you before you left, like there are other. I had VIP guests coming from uh, the city, and he doesn't. It is no name. It's not. It's just the city. And he says, uh, I need to go and and look into that matter personally, because mm. these were very important, you know, high level people that were coming from the city. And uh, I wouldn't put you at risk if anything were to happen to, to this guest. Bad news. Uh, I will look into that personally, but my other guests could have been waylaid by any number of things that adventurers such as yourselves could could handle. I, I see you and and you look very capable. And then I know that you guys are are, are you know members of the order, so you'll be okay with the to, to look into this. But I won't be joining you. I'll be over here. And then he and he also gives you a magic item um, that is like a small pop up book. When you open it. It, you know, it has a, it pops up and it's an image of the, uh, the laboratory, the basement laboratory. And it's got the little like tabbies that pop-up books have mm-hmm. to like move stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he waves his hand and four more pop-up things pop up and they're images of you guys. Oh. Uh, and they all, they have like little tabbies to move them. Uh, and he says, if you use this pop-up book, when you're in a safe space, if you have questions about anything that you've come across, you can move your image into the lab and you will astral project into the lab. But make cool. sure you do it safe because you will be completely out of it in the physical world wherever you are and totally at risk if all four of you are, are, are projecting this way. But it'll allow you to go back to the lab in a sense uh, and have access to some of my information because I know this is a foreign place to you. Uh, and Majumbo is super jazzed about this book. <laughs> and he grabs it and he's like, this is the most amazing thing. There were so many books down there. I can't wait to... Every night I'm going to be projecting back to this place and reading all of your books, Mr. Plintherin. It's so... This is this is amazing. What a what a cool thing. He's super jazzed about this book. So, so Majumbo has that. And then you guys leave. But while you're traveling later in the afternoon, and Katheria is thinking back on that conversation. Navia comes up to her. She's got, like, a ferret-like creature that's kind of, like, crawling around <laughs> her uh, that she found. <laughs> and she doesn't address that at all. Uh, she just comes up to you as this thing is kind of, like, just crawling around her, like, picking in her hair and stuff, and she doesn't pay it any attention. I told you, Kat, there was something from that conversation that, that, that the Order knows something. They know something about you. They know something about a lot of things, and they weren't telling us about it. What am I supposed to gather from that? I, my mind's been racing ever since that conversation, Navia. I'm, I'm so overwhelmed. I, I know, but the answers seem to be here. It, it seems like we'll be able to find what, what really what we came here for. And, and everything that I, that I told you is true. They're hiding information from us. We'll get the answers here, and here is the only place that we could learn the truth. What if it's terrible, Navia? What if... What if I find out that this is, this is inevitable? I'm doomed. Everywhere I turn, it seems that it just points me back to... To my family falling apart. I... We won't let that happen. We won't. There has to be a different way. Things are not... Are not... And, and, and she kind of trails off and and stumbles a little bit almost like she was going to pass out she kind of like falls a little bit into you and oh i grab her shoulders yeah and she's she's oh, I'm, I'm sorry just the surge effects i haven't completely worn off the way that they they usually do it's it's all right i'll be i'll, I'll be okay it's fine and she seems fine now okay but yeah I think this little ferret thing that's running around her body, mm-hmm. I want to speak to animals with it, like put my finger on its chin and lift it up and okay. ask it to, to like, mind Navia, to take care of Navia if she has a spell like that. Okay. Cat casts speak with animals to the ferret. 
The magic rainbow ferret. The magic rainbow, exactly, yeah. Its fur kind of shimmers. Uh, you gain the ability to comprehend and verbally communicate with beasts. The knowledge and awareness of the beast is limited by their intelligence. May be able to persuade a beast to perform a small favor for you at the D- at the GM's discretion. Uh, I discress that you can. <laughs> <laughs> the ferret understands. It doesn't really have much to say back to you. Mm-hmm. There is an animal instinct of protection that it gets. Yeah, I like want to turn this ferret into a uh, assistance animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, support animal. A support, yeah. 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 Not even, like, more than, a, what is it called? There's support animals and then there's, um, ther- not therapy. Oh, shoot. There's two different Seeing classifications. Ferret. Basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like. Yeah, so when she has. Special a, needs. A special ferret. needs ferret. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. To, like, uh, to, like, alert you if something happens or, yeah, like, yes. Yeah. The ferret gets that, like, okay, it's, it has to communicate to you her well-being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If something's up, yeah. you have a job now. Yeah, the ferret has a job now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it, it kind of stands up straighter <laughs> on her shoulder and then goes back to milling about. And I smile because it's kind of like a cheeky thing to do, but yeah. just and in case. Navia kind of looks at you and is like, you didn't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, but up front, uh, as you guys are having these kind of like hushed conversations about uh, whatever, you get to a fork in the road. There's a left and a right. Nils thinks back to the conversation that you had with Plintherin before uh, you set out, where he indicated which way to go, and he did not mention anything about this fork. He did not say, he didn't get so specific with directions that was like, you take the road for, you know, a couple miles, and then you, you know, turn left or turn right. Hmm. You are presented with this choice. Majumbo turns to you and he says, well, you know, I always want to go left. I was thinking the same thing. You can't be wrong when you go left. No, that doesn't. That's not as good as the other way. Yeah, because if it was like, you're always right if you go right. If you go right. But but I don't want to go right. Yeah, no, I also don't want to go right. Ladies, we're going left. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) He like takes you kind of out of it. Like you were in this like intense place and he just turns around and said, left. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey everybody, Russell here with a few quick announcements, then we're going to get you right back to it. Thanks so much for listening to episode three of our prequel miniseries with Beth and Mike. Having a lot of fun with this one. I hope you guys are having a lot of fun listening to it as well. Uh, we will be back with the next episode of that on Wednesday the 24th. It'll be the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, very exciting. Uh, Thanksgiving is my favorite, and I'm looking forward to getting up to that holiday. Uh, so that's when the next episode will come out. Just a reminder that we're doing every other week releases here throughout the winter and throughout this miniseries. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash dndndpod. Uh, we're going to have our last round of uh, rewards for this year coming out soon, as soon as uh, Beth gets them designed. Uh, but in the meantime, if you're a new patron uh, at the t-shirt level, we are releasing the old designs. Uh, if you've missed them, uh, the old designs will be available at a discount uh price uh to purchase to patrons the patreon exclusive t-shirt designs uh so go and check that out patreon.com slash dndndpod uh if you would like any of our regular merch you can check it out on t public uh go to tpublic.com and search dndnd uh and you'll find our uh logo design uh the campaign team uh the uh gerbert merper reality and you can get that t-shirts uh mugs uh tote bags stickers a few other uh, fun merch items over there. Follow us on social, dndndpod on Twitter and dndndpod on Instagram. Uh, or email us at dndndpod at gmail.com. And I think that is it for me for this one. So thanks, everybody. Do what's fun. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
after a little bit down this way, uh, the road goes away. It just kind of fades into countryside almost. The, the, the trees start to thin out a little bit. There are still these massive trees that kind of just dot the landscape. They're almost like, um, they're almost like uh, uh, wind turbines, you know, like mm-hmm. how you can kind of see them in the distance and, and they just tower over like a big like field or whatever. That's, that's what these big trees are like. I, so the last time we recorded, you mentioned that these trees reminded Kat of the inner sanctum yeah. wood. Mm-hmm. And she's, sh- she's busy thinking about stuff, but there is a pull. Like she wants to go investigate this part. One of these big trees? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's one, there's one that's close enough where you can go and, and check it out. You kind of peel off. I, I, I wouldn't imagine she would tell anybody. Tell anybody. No. Majumbo would notice. I don't know if Nils would. Nils no. might just kind of, yeah. <laughs> I don't notice. <laughs> Majumbo kind of stops you and he's like, hey, wait, what? she's, we lost one. She's looking at a tree. She's, oh, all right. Are you using the tree or should we stay over? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can give you your privacy. Uh, she is not listening. <laughs> Alright, we'll, we'll back off. I think Just, she might be yeah, using yeah, it. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> and they, they, you like turn around. And <laughs> start whistling. Yeah. You start whistling. <laughs> but Jumbo whips out his flute. Yeah. <laughs> sort of adds to the air of mystery to suddenly have a flute yeah, then there's <laughs> happening the, in the background. Yeah, there's just this flute music now. And you get closer to this tree. I want to know if it's the same wood. Roll nature. 12. You can't tell if it is the exact same species because the wood in like the black oak walls around the castle and the wood in the in the chamber and stuff is mostly dead. You know, you haven't really encountered this kind of wood alive. Is there runes like carvings all over that um the dead wood? Yeah, when in the moonlight it reveals itself. Gotcha. As you approach it, it's daytime right now. Mm-hmm. But as you approach it, are you doing anything to try to get it to react? Now I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have druidcraft that could maybe summon a moon. That's a harmless sensory effect. A golden orb for clear be, yeah, skies, yeah. a cloud for rain, falling snowflakes for snow. So you could like make a like little magical moon. But, yeah, like just emanates a moonlight. Yeah, just like a soft glow. You create this kind of image of of the moon, mm-hmm. which we established is the same among yes. the worlds. Uh, there isn't a different moon here. Um, it it appears as though it is the same moon. So you you manifest this this image from it. Uh, Navia comes over and she kind of sees what you're doing, and she she amplifies it a little bit with her. She adds her magic to yours so that the glow gets a little bit brighter, and it doesn't give off much light in. The you know mid afternoon daytime, but it's enough. The, the two of you kind of move. The we'll spell. creep around to the backside of the tree, yeah, with and like, like the, the shadow. shadow, yeah. And you you move your your little moon around with you as you do, and you see that the light interacts with the wood, and it starts to reveal this inlay. There's a silvery kind of light, but it's different than the the runes or symbols that you've seen. In your world, because on this tree that is rooted in the ground and still very, very uh, actively alive, they move. It's more like you're. Whoa. It's more like you're looking at the blood of the tree, hmm. like the the veins, the circulatory system of this of this living being. Uh, there's a movement and an and, a, and an energy to this inlay that doesn't exist in anything that you've seen in your world. The temple of Galadoy that we study at mm-hmm. is also made out of the same material, yes, right? Yes, it is a hollowed out version of one of these giant trees, yeah. Navia, do you recognize this? This is incredible. It's Galamathir, but there's there's hundreds of them. And, and, and they're alive. They're so alive. I wonder, uh, and she takes a knife uh, out from her, you know, her belt, and she doesn't you know, like stab the tree or anything, but she just kind of scrapes very gently and carefully at, at, at the bark and a silver sap starts to, to emanate from, from the, the cut that she makes, the, the incision that she makes. Just, just a very light scratch. 
Nothing that would damage the tree. She knows <laughs> enough about plants to know like she would never she would never just like carve a huge chunk of bark off or anything. But it's more scientific almost to just mm-hmm. be like, all right, I'm going to make a small incision to sample what happens to check its insulin. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, and some silvery sap starts to to secrete from this this scratch. I want to collect it uh, in like a vial or something. Ideally, uh, you would have something like that. I would imagine in an, in a in an adventuring kit or whatever yeah. your your you know basic stuff is. I mean, worst case, you've got like your water skin or something. But I would I would imagine that you would have. As a part of, because we were doing, we were doing experiments and stuff in the in the woods. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so you would have ways to to uh, collect samples of stuff for later testing to make sure that the forest is good. Uh, So yeah, so let's say you have a vial, a small amount of this silvery uh, sap from one of these great black oak trees. I'm going to scratch off whatever was on the sample label that I was supposed to collect, (laughs) hadn't collected, and just relabel it with. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, toxic moss. No, nope. <laughs> 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 we got to like the real world where there's like a small fishing village downriver that's like, <laughs> like the fish are dying. <laughs> it's like, were they supposed to deal with this? <laughs> Busy. <laughs> Navia, do you think these trees grow in our world, or were they imported? How did? How are both of these things? I've never seen one alive like this. This is what I was I was saying. There's, I think the theories might be true that there's a connection between our world and an overlap of some kind between our, our valley and, and this place. It might be. Everything looks so different except for these trees. There, there has to be a reason for that. It can't be an accident, not something this massive, not a living organism this big. Moving between places like this, there's got to be a reason for it. It's... I'm sorry that I never trusted your intuition until I saw it with my own eyes, but I, I think you might be right. Are you guys, is it number one or two? <laughs> you guys okay? Taking some time. Maybe, you know, get moving a little bit. Yeah, maybe more fiber. I maybe, yeah, we guess. Did you have enough bread yesterday? They're disgusting. <laughs> We're doing science. <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. Never heard it called that. <laughs> While you're waiting for the ladies to finish their business, roll a perception. Seven. Let's do a perception roll for him. Fifteen. That's better. Nice. He'll be able to move the story forward. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, but you can. You get a a whiff of something. Which, uh, in this present situation, at first, is kind of like, hmm. Hmm, Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) But as you kind of hone in on it, uh, Nils isn't isn't completely able to figure out what it is, because it's it's a very strange smell. But but Majumbo's like, that's quite the funky odor. I think it's coming from... It's it's not them. Don't worry. Well, yeah, they're, they're far away. Yeah, yeah, no, there's something... The winds are, Yeah, you know. But there's something coming from from that direction. I think it's a fast, it's such a strange smell. Yeah, and you you kind of are able to focus in on it now, Nils. After after taking some time, and it's a funky somewhere between onions and cooked cabbage. It's it's a it's a strong weird scent, hmm. and it's not something that you're you're familiar with. Uh, and, but there's other smells kind of layered underneath that too, but there's this one big strong odor that's kind of overpowering everything else, but you're still, there's still other things going on and, and Majumbo's able to kind of pinpoint the direction that it's coming from. I think it's over there. I think, I think there's something, perhaps this is what we were looking for. Yeah, let's uh, go investigate. Ladies, come on. We, there's a, there's a scent. I've picked up the scent. Finally. What do you mean Finally. It feels like we've just been walking wherever you two want to walk. I haven't seen you track a thing. Welcome to adventuring. It's a lot of walking. Yeah. You don't have any kind of scientific method for where you go? You follow the adventure. Yeah. Follow the adventure. I mean, it would have been nice if Plumpton would have given us like a turtle horse or something. I don't know, like to move us along. A turtle horse sounds awesome. I know. I don't know if it's real or not, but... If the turtle, if the if the if it had horse legs, it's, if it's more horse than turtle, yeah, turtle shell, horse legs, yeah, exactly. We could get going on a turtle horse, yeah. Well, 
we don't have that, so we have to walk everywhere. Such as adventuring. It's adventuring, yep. I'm just happy that there's a direction. Yeah, come on. All right. It's more than left. <laughs> left has led us to a lot of wonderful places. Yeah, you got your big tree. We got our weird smell. Right. This is two all two. because of left. <laughs> <laughs> We're like not moving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just having this discussion. The theory is like, if I stop talking, maybe we'll start walking. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, they like wait for a minute. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you guys head in the, in the direction of the smell. You're following it over a, a, a little hill, so you can't see kind of what's on the other side of this. The, the, the trees have really thinned out, the smaller trees and, and plants and everything, to where you're essentially now in a field. Uh, the grasses are that kind of burnt orange color. Uh, the sky, even the daytime sky, has more purple tones to it than blues. It is a bizarre thing that you're still adjusting to, but the basic premise of like, we're in a field, there are big trees elsewhere, but like, you know, we understand field, even the grass is weird. But you get to the other side of this hill and you come across a scene that really takes you aback to the point where like, I think Nils and Majumbo would like react, would like drop to the ground and be like, hold here. Like something isn't right. Mm. I do. If the boys are like taking something seriously, I <laughs> oh. know it's real. And the four of you kind of hit the deck and pause at this crest of the hill where, where you can kind of peek over it to see what's before you. You see what looks to be a sort of carriage. It's, it's not the same kind of carriage that you rode in last night. It's not this big, ornate, mostly familiar carriage. It has a different kind of look to it. Even though it's all busted up and broken and kind of pieces are scattered around, you can kind of get the sense that there, there are aspects of a carriage that are, like, there's nowhere that you would hook up like horses to it. That's missing. Mm-hmm. There's wheels. There's, a, uh, there's clearly a, like, cabin that's been broken apart. Um, and then there's this other section with, that has some sort of strange box that you can't really explain. That, that is completely unfamiliar to you, but, but there's... There's wheels, four wheels that are broken. There's this cabin section that is all busted up. There's a lot of broken glass and like brass banding and things. All these smells now are really strong. It looks like there's a pool of uh, some sort of like dark liquid spilled somewhere nearby this crash site. You don't see any bodies or anything, but what you also see that comes out from uh, behind the, the, the busted up carriage uh, cabin section is a bipedal feathered creature with a very, very tiny arms and a big feathered head and, and beak, like big, thick, pointed beak. And clearly it has teeth inside this beak. Uh. It has a long tail and it tips its head back and it is swallowing what appears to be a very large fish. Hmm. It steps forward and turns around and starts to sniff at that pool of dark liquid. From behind the cabin come a couple more of these creatures. There are three of these strange bird lizards uh, (laughs) (laughs) that uh, are now sniffing around this crash site. You guys are up on this hill. You're about 40, 50 yards from this uphill. Uh, You're uphill from them. Uh, They don't appear to have noticed you. You're downwind. and uh, you're getting all of these smells as a result. You don't know if the smells are coming from anything that has happened in this crash site or if it's coming from the bird lizards. Nonetheless, there's a strange combination of really, there, there's funky smells, there's sour smells. It's, it's, a, it's a weird thing happening. The thing just ate a fish. A big fish. Oh, that kind of looked like a good fish. Did that come from the carriage? I don't see any water there's no sources. Water. No, but, that, that's but a- these animals are very strange. Perhaps they there are some kind of land fish here. You druids, are there land fishes? I look at him like, of course there aren't land fishes. <laughs> like Majumbo and Nils are like, are there? Oh, that would be, they'd be so easy to catch. Unless they had legs. Wait. I think we're describing. Oh. You're describing lizards. <laughs> yeah, that one got away from us. It's a strange place there could be. Yeah, who knows? Nobody knows. That po- black pool of water, is that deep? You see that one of the bird lizards kind of walks across it, and it's just surface level. And it does it affect him at all? No, it, 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 
it looks kind of sticky as they lift their their like three-toed talons from it. It appears that it's sticky. We have to get down there to investigate the crash site, but we have to deal with these birds. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Do you think they're hostile? They have those teeth look pretty nasty. I'd assume they're hostile. What are they going to do? Smile at us? Stranger things, I suppose. Hmm. Could we scare them away? I, 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 I'm, I don't, I don't know if we should just take them down. I guess we could eat them. Hmm. I don't know. I don't want to <sighs> needlessly kill an animal. They don't seem. They seem kind of just scavengers, you know. So we could try throwing a rock or something, and then if that doesn't work, I could just stand up and yell. Uh, I cast cause fear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you awaken a sense of mortality in one creature you can see within range. A sense of mortality? Yeah. <laughs> the target must sa- succeed on a wisdom saving throw or become frightened of you until the spell ends. So when they're frightened at me, they can't move towards me and they have disadvantage on attack or saving throws having to do with me. Okay. Uh, fail. Failed save. One of the one of the bird lizards you target. Uh huh. Suddenly is very scared for its life. Yeah. It like it picks. It was. It had it bent down to like lick at the whatever this liquid is, uh, and it like picks up its head right now and it starts like looking around like a pa- clearly panic. It starts squawking. It's somewhere between a squawk and a roar. Mm-hmm. Mm. Gets the attention of the other two and they also react like oh there is now danger. They're having a very animalistic reaction to to a perceived threat. Of like there is danger here now and they are now they've like circled up so that now all their tails point inward so they're they're in a in a like triangular array now and they're kind of rotating looking for whatever the threat is they can't see it let's scare them off and i stand up and start walking towards <laughs> the birds it was the first time nils is like oh that's kind of attractive <laughs> <laughs> D&D&D is a Moorpark Media podcast and a Spotify preferred partner. Written and edited by me, James Gressel. D&D&D is performed by James A. Janice, Chelsea Rebecca, Beth Radloff, and Mike Sagan.